It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your host, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks. Welcome in to Moving the Chains. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. We're here with our Week 9 South Carolina High School Football Recap Show. Jarrell, another wild week. There were so many huge games on the docket, and a lot of them certainly certainly lit up to the hype, man. Just a great front of high school football. For sure. Yeah, we had a lot of great games, but also we had a lot of uh, blowouts, too. A lot of shutouts to those scores a little bit later here Uh, but some great football played as always in the state of South Carolina had some more region championships get locked up and we also had some games where you know sets up some huge and I mean huge matchups for next week uh, but really excited to go through what we saw in week nine across the state if you guys are tuning in for the first time really appreciate that check us out on all of our social platforms at moving change m-o-v-i-n-c-h-a-i-n-s on facebook twitter instagram youtube etc our brand new website movingchange.com we've got all the region standings on there we've got a message board on there definitely hop on there and chat throughout that uh, Drill and I do a weekly recap show on Sundays. Comes out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Do a live preview show on Tuesday nights with John Epps over on Facebook. We preview the week's games. Really fun stuff. That you come hop in there and chat with us on, on Tuesday nights as well. And we do our Friday night spaces. Friday nights we go live on Twitter. Basically a scoreboard show. Love to have you guys hop in for that and chat with us and ask about the games you're at. Tell us what the games you're at. Then we got a lot of interviews coming out too. We got Coach Adam Holmes from Gray Collegiate coming out Tuesday night or sorry Monday night. That is. Couple more big ones lined up here for the next few weeks, but Drew, let's get a quick shout out to our sponsors here before we get into the game that we were at Barmel hosting Woodland. Carolina Orthopedic and Neurosurgical Associates is our game of the week sponsor. Kona offers the most advanced training and experience in orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, sports medicine, and pain management in the upstate. Kona offers a synergistic approach for the spine, skeletal system, nervous system, and supporting structures, meaning total quality care for your optimal health. Three convenient locations in Spartanburg, Duncan, and Greenville. Go to Kona.care to learn more about Kona services. That's C-O-N-A dot care. Get your head in the game with Founders Federal Credit Union. See how Founders membership could elevate your financial game. Train your financial skills with our wide array of financial tools and services. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com today to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Friday night for Week 9, Jarrell and I headed down to Barnwell County to check out the 8-0 Woodland Wolverines taking on the 8-0 Barnwell Warhorses at W.W. Carter Field. Great atmosphere down there our first time in a game. Woodland got the ball first and went on a long drive, 24-yard touchdown run, caps it off by Sedarian Harrison. They score, you know, fairly easily. They really just ate the clock, had their way with Barnwell there. Extra point was blocked by Maurice Odom. Woodland goes up 6 to nothing with 5-3 left in the first quarter there. Barnwell, though, comes right back. Third and 26, Jarrell. They complete a 64-yard touchdown pass from Cameron Austin to Dewan Bates. It was a wide receiver screen. Barnwell set it up perfectly. They take the lead at the extra point goes through. They go up seven to six, four or five left in the first quarter. And Jarrell, that screen pass, like, you know, we talked about it show after show where these guys keep getting beat deep on third and long, fourth and long, et cetera. Luckily, this one this wasn't thrown over his head at least. But, man, Barnwell had a great play call. Hit him on time. They got one great kickout block, and Bates was just going to the house. Yeah, for sure. And you think it's like a situation. They're behind the sticks. They're just trying to get some yardage to get something going, and then they just pop one. Uh, like you said, it was refreshing to not see someone just running wide open behind the defense there. You know, they just – you know, Barnwell makes a play in order to make that happen. Uh, but it was executed perfectly. This is after they had, you know, their first and second down plays were not successful, and that's me being nice. Um, and they were able to just convert and then take the lead there. And that was pretty much it for the first quarter. That's the theme of the first half for Barnwell, though. Woodland played keep away. No doubt about it. They really dominated, dominated time possession there in that first half especially. So on the ensuing kickoff, Barnwell kicked it. Uh, the Woodland receiver tried to let it go out of bounds. It kind of stopped. Yep. They fell on it at the eight-yard line. It's got it their own eight there. During that drive, the first quarter expired. Seven to six, Barnwell led. 
But then Woodland scored, I think it was the first play of the second quarter there, a six-yard touchdown by Sedarian Harrison to cap off a 92-yard drive, two-point conversion run, no good. They retake a 12-7 to lead there. Then, like you said, Drell, story of the half, Barnwell comes right back, scores again quickly um, just a couple minutes later, a 44-yard touchdown pass to Clay Pender from Cameron Austin. They go up 14-12, to 9-16 left in the second quarter. A great play call, kind of rolled Austin to the right a little bit. Pender kind of went in the middle of the field, ran kind of a, a flag route, corner route, whatever you want to call it, had one-on-one, just toasted the DB back there, wide open for a touchdown there to get the Warhorse to lead. Yeah, good execution on that. Comes in motion, just gets one-on-one with the safety. That's a, that's a bad spot because, you know, a lot of these teams are playing these two high looks. The safety just kind of got flat-footed there, and, and Pender, you know, Pender routed them. It just is what it is. Sometimes you just get beat, uh, but just a great play there. But then just going back to that drive previously for Woodland, they just took care of business. And it was a situation, the theme with Sedarian Harrison. This kid is phenomenal. And he was able to get things done running the ball and passing the ball. And that 92-yard drive, you know, I was kind of nervous at that point for Barnwell because it just seemed like Woodland was going to be able to score at ease throughout this game. They did score again. The next possession drive, Drell to go three for three in the first half there. Uh, a two-yard touchdown by Harrison again. They go for two. He runs it. They get it again. They go up 20 to 14, 156 left in the second quarter. Barnwell starts driving again. Uh, you know, one thing about the game, you know, Woodland, they weren't really kicking it deep. They were kind of doing a, a poop short kick, and Barnwell had the ball around their 40 or midfield about every time on kickoffs. So they got the ball and were able to get a, a little thing, a little bit going there. He misses a couple throws in a row that I thought he had open uh, on, on yeah. some guys. One of them was a drop, I would say. But then he gets intercepted, intercepted on fourth and long. Woodland takes over there at their 35, 45 seconds left. Then we run out uh, to halftime there at that score with Woodland leading 20 to 14. Like you said, Woodland just dominated time possession. I think Barnwell ran in the, somewhere in the ballpark of 10 plays in the first half. Like you'll even hear Coach Garrick reference that later in the, in the interview that we had with him. But it looked like everything was going Woodland's way. You know, they were running the ball like they wanted to with Harrison, doing whatever they wanted, eating the clock. And Barnwell, they were hanging around, and they hadn't really gotten Tyler Smith going. So you had to feel good, too, if you're on the Barnwell sideline. Most definitely, and that was what I was going to say next as far as like Barnwell. They were able to get some things going through the air until they kind of stalled out right there before the half. Didn't like some of those play calls, uh, but just kind of just maybe they were pressing a little bit the quarterback because he started off pretty well. He, like I said, he only had about 10 to 12 plays in that first half, uh, but he seemed very poised and was able to, to hit some big throws uh, when he needed it. And, and Tyler Smith was not really involved when they tried to get him involved. They, they were kind of stuffing him early on. He couldn't really get into to a rhythm. And it just seemed like Woodland had everything clicking on offense. And so it was kind of a, a situation where, you know, just nervous for Barnwell in that game. Uh, but, you know, the, the roles would reverse in the second half. And I uh, will definitely illustrate how the Warhorses were able to claw back in into the win. Yeah, Smith, I believe, had 30 yards rushing the first half. That was all. I think it was somewhere around that. But then coming out of the halftime locker room, they made an effort to get him the ball. A heavy dose of Tyler Smith that first drive to start the game for, or start the half for Barnwell. I think he touched it the first four or five plays, if not more than that. Um, yeah. Key play on this drive here, Drell, a fourth and 12 pickup uh, on a run from the quarterback Cameron Austin. Was able to kind of break, contain, get out, get out on the sideline and get a huge first down there that were there where they needed it. They end up scoring on a one-yard touchdown by Tyler Smith. They uh, The extra point is actually blocked by Woodland, so we tied up 20-all, seven minutes to go in the third quarter there. Woodland comes back, gets the ball. They're driving again, and Bournemouth gets their first stop of the half here. A fourth and inches from Woodland's 45. They go for it. Barnwell stuffs them to take over at the, at the Woodland 44, actually pushes them backwards. And what I didn't like about that, Jarrell, they've been pounding Barnwell all day, running just Harrison right up the middle, um, you know, when they had a short order, short orders, they went Harrison, either just power or Harrison sneak, something like that. This time they line up under center. They bring a guy in motion, try to run like a little sweep action. Just never gets going north and south. The ball just, just like I said, blew it up in the backfield there. Honestly, I know, I know coach Ford and watching the tape on this play was, was really upset on the Woodland side. I mean, it's just a situation where even they were going five wide with Harrison mm -hmm. and he was just getting quarterback draw, you know, for five yards here and there, like you said, they were, you know, just going under center, just imposing their will, and then they tried to go east-west when they needed a yard, a half yard, to pick up a crucial first down, and I uh, just did not understand that play call. Yeah, very surprising there, but it, it worked out in Barnwell's favor there. They take over with 329 left in the Woodland 44. 
They drive right down, seven-yard touchdown by Tyler Smith. They capitalize on the fourth down stop, take their first lead of the second half, 27-20, to 20, with one thir- 23 left in the third quarter, and that's where the score holds as we go to the end of the third. The next drive, Woodland starts to act a little bit panicky, a little bit desperate, almost, Jarrell. Uh, Woodland, they fake a punt on fourth and 14. They kind of had the guy open. But it's a very interesting call there. You know, you're at your own 39 there. Barnwell's already proven to be able to, you know, drive down on a short field there. You're only down a score. They go fake punt. It falls incomplete, and Barnwell takes over Woodland's 39 with 11.55 to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I think even before the play before was another critical play in this game uh, where Sedarian Harrison, it was a third and long, and he was scrambling. They actually had Tyler Smith, Marvel did on defense, spying him, and he comes up with a big-time sack, you know, tackling Harrison in the open field to force that fourth and long. That maybe contributed to the decision to, you know, try to steal that possession or keep that, you know, keep that drive going with that fake punt. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a really critical sequence of events right there uh, to where, you know, kind of led Barnwell, you know, to them clinching this game in the fourth quarter. That's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that play. It was an outstanding play for Smith. Like I said, Harrison Lucky had something like he had some room there. All of a sudden, Tyler Smith comes out of nowhere and is able to bring him down in the open field. Just a huge play from from one of the best players in the state, in my opinion, there, both sides yeah. of the ball. So Barnwell takes back over. Woodland has him backed up to third and 17 here and just a an absolutely phenomenal play call here from Barnwell. They run a little swing pass to Tyler Smith on third and 17, and he picks it up, I think runs for, you know, maybe 25 yards on that. Basically what they did, Coach Garrick mentioned it after the game too. They had two receivers outside. They ran the guys off deep in man coverage, had them kind of just blocked downfield, and Smith was basically wide open. He didn't – nobody even in his vicinity for the first 10, 12 yards of the run really, Jarrell. Just a great play call there and a great pickup from Barnwell there on that third and 17. Most definitely. And that's not a kid that you want to get ahead of full head of steam in the open field because uh, he's a load, man. But he's got he's got some speed, some moves as well. Uh, but, yes, that was a, an outstanding play call there. You know, just very crucial, you know, for I said, for them to take over here in this, this fourth quarter. Tyler Smith caps off that drive, a four-yard touchdown run to open up a two-score lead there for the War Horses, 34-20, to 6.06 left in the fourth quarter. Woodland does show some fight. They come back with, you know, one of the one of the plays of the game for here, like just far as outstanding special plays for sure. A 51-yard touchdown pass from Sedarian Harrison to Jaden Gardner. Harrison rolling to his left, uncorks a deep pass. Somehow uh, Gardner got behind the defense there. Just a, a whale of a throw there. Uh, they actually get the two-point conversion as well to Simmons there. They cut it 34 to 28, 415 left in the fourth quarter drill. But I know you love that pass there from Harrison going to his left. Yeah, I'm going to take it a couple steps further than that. It's not just a play of the game. This is like one of the plays of the season uh, that I've seen. I mean, this this was a crazy play for him to roll, square his shoulders back up, and flick the ball, you know, 50-plus yards in the air for that touchdown. And, I mean, it was it was on the money, too. I mean, it wasn't like this. the receiver had to make some spectacular catch. Uh, it's just a very special play from, you know, one of the best players in this state and a very special player. This kid's not just an athlete. He can play some quarterback as well. Yes, uh, he certainly can. So, Woodland, they, they did kick it off deep there, correct? Or they didn't try the onside kick four minutes ago, if I remember correctly. They did not, no. They kicked it deep. Uh, and Barnwell, you know, hats off to them. They were able to just run out that last 415. You know, they – I know Coach Ford had used a couple timeouts early in the half so didn't have much there. Barnwell picked up a couple clutch uh, first downs. I think one was on a, a big run from, from Austin to put them in position to pick up a third down there. Just a great job of that offensive line and Tyler Smith to be able to get those those last few minutes clicked off the clock there. And Barnwell ends up defeating with a 34 to 28 as they run out the clock with that final drive. And I think also, I think that game was ice on a, on a penalty. I'm not really sure if it was a personal foul or something like that where they were able to to just completely run the clock out. Uh, but just an outstanding performance uh, by Barwell here. But just a great football game here in 2A by both teams that are, I think, legitimately top three teams and legitimate state title contenders. Uh, just really fun to witness in person. Really glad that we were able to get the opportunity to go down there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I – it's just really, really good football that we were able to see. And I was just really impressed by that Barnwell defense in the second half, just able to button down. You're going to give up plays to Sedarian Harrison. That Woodland offensive front is really big and physical. Uh, 
So they were just able to limit, you know, Harrison and his, his playmaking abilities, give themselves a chance, and then just go to their best player in Tyler Smith and let him take over in the second half. Just a very great performance by both sides. Uh, but Barnwell being at home, taking advantage of that crowd and those feelings and just able to, to take care of business, get them one step closer to, to clinching that region championship. Yeah, some really great athletes both sides of the ball. You know, you know Cam Pringle, Sedarian Harrison, Aaron Pulliam, those guys are at Woodland. Then you look at Barnwell, Tyler Smith, uh, Maurice Odom, Clay Pender, Cam Austin, just some studs out there for those guys as well. Um, really good ball game. We'll uh, put in our interview here with Coach Dwayne Garrick. Then we'll kind of wrap up the game after that with a couple notes uh, after we hear from him. Kevin Thomas, moving the chase here, Coach Dwayne Garrett, Barnwell, 34-28 over Woodland Day. Coach, first half, those guys kind of dominated time possession. How are you guys going to keep composure while they're kind of just eating the clock away? And yeah, I mean, we don't, I, think we, I think we probably ran maybe 12, 14 snaps yep. first half, if that many, and um, couldn't stop us and couldn't stop it. It was sticking and sticking and sticking. Made some adjustments at halftime, some a little more pressure. Um, had a big turnover on fourth and whatever it was, fourth and six inches, and then um, you know, took care to fake punt. That was another thing that was big in the second half. And they were able to run the football in the second half and just pick up some first downs were valuable. We got a couple of holding penalties and put us in the, behind the chain several times. But um, you know, proud of the grit our team showed. You know, hats off to Willie. They got a, they got a good program. Got some great athletes over there. So it was a. Uh, it was a typical 8-0, 8-0 football game just two good football teams. Tyler Smith, three touchdowns, 280 plus on the ground. Talk about how his performance is just what he means to the program. Well, it would be the same program without <laughs> I mean, when you can pick up you know, yards, we got to pick up. The big swing, you know, the swing pass out here on third and forever. Uh, they were in man coverage. You know, if we could just run him off a little bit and he could uh, get a little, all he needs is a little, little, little bit of room. Um, and then he started grinding in the second half. He didn't. I don't think he. He, he wasn't typical Tyler Smith first half. The second half he was definitely typical Tyler Smith. Coach, one game close to the region championship, big win tonight. How big was this for you guys? Oh, it was great. We don't win this one. Those guys are region champions. We're playing for second place uh, next week. You know, if, if we don't win this football game, so you know we still got to go down there and take care of business at Hampton. So. A lot of work doing. I get some kids back healthy. We got some guys banged up. Got a couple kids out in the flu tonight. So hopefully we can, um, you know, get back going on Monday, get back healthy, and uh, have a good week of practice and have a chance to beat uh, Hampton. Barnwell, 34 to 20 over one tonight. Coach Garrett, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Best of luck. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Barnwell War Horses head coach Dwayne Garrick. Appreciate his time after the game. Big win for those guys, 34-28 over Woodland. A couple other notes we had here, Jarrell. We mentioned Tyler Smith's slow first half, 30 yards rushing. He finishes with 289 and three touchdowns, a monster second half there for him. Uh, Tyler just did whatever he wanted to say it happened. Hats off that offensive line, too. You know, Woodland, what you love about 2A football, and we'll get to this point in a minute I want to make here, is that Cam Pringle is obviously a stud offensive lineman. Him and their other best alignment were playing D-line, too. So it wasn't like he was going to get scrubs up front there. And that Barnwell Warhorse offensive line got some push, created some creases, some holes for him. Big game for him. But that is one thing I did want to mention, though, just the, the, the way we see these guys play two ways. And we mentioned uh, Sedarian Harrison, the quarterback, also playing DB slate slash safety, playing kick returner, kicking off as well for Woodland. Super yeah. cool to see that. You know, you mentioned Tyler Smith with the big play on defense there for Barnwell, the linebacker there for him. You know, we, I know we saw Clay Pender kicking off a couple times there for Barnwell. Uh, Cam Pringle playing both ways. Really cool to see that in some of these lower-level lower, lower level classifications. Yeah, for sure, man. This Ironman football, it's just so cool to see. And, you know, just – I don't know. I mean, just, just small rosters, so these guys just play really, really hard. They're really, you know, fast, physical. I just really enjoyed it, you know, the, the games that we've been able to go on that, that level this year. And, and this one just – was another one uh, to put up there. Just love seeing the stars shine in Harrison. Like you said, I mean, literally does it all. Booby Miles caliber player there, you know, just so good. And uh, Tyler Smith just taking over that game, just pounding the football, you know, because they knew it was coming. They just couldn't stop it. And uh, loved. I loved how the Barnwell coaches, I'll say this quickly, they made the offensive adjustment early on. They were trying to run between the tackles. Woodland was running a big, you know, an odd odd front. They had those big guys up front. And just getting the ball out to Tyler Smith outside the tackles, uh, just allowing him to make those plays, see those cutbacks, run over people, do all kinds of stuff. So just a lot of fun to, to witness that game down at WW Carter Field. 
Yeah, I do want to make this note here as well. If you guys have not been to a game there, definitely put on your list. Great atmosphere down there. Really cool stadium. Great concessions. Really good uh, hot dog we had there. You'll see Drill's review coming out next Friday. A lot of stuff there. And also, I want to give a shout-out to the uh, to the PA announcer. That guy was awesome, Drill. You know, we were talking about it before. I was like, this guy put it – like, I love his voice. Like, he was killing it. Uh, you know, he did everybody's class and name. He was on the money. Just a, a great small-town football voice there Friday night at Barnwell. Yeah, man. Chef's kiss. Everything was first class, man. Everything looked good from like the painting of the field. It was immaculate. Mm-hmm. Facilities were great. The, the fans were great. We were very interactive, very informed. Uh, you know, got to meet with some some people there um, who, you know, follow the show and just follow high school football in general. Had some chats with them. Got to, you know, got to introduce ourselves to Thomas Austin, the Clemson offensive mm-hmm. line coach. They're sc- scouting Cam Pringle and some other guys. Uh, just a lot of fun that we had down in Barnwell on Friday night. Yeah, for sure. A couple of those folks, uh, you know, Robert Altman, Altman at Barnwell, big fan of the show, big help for us throughout the year. I want to say shout out to him for, for getting to meet him. That was great there. Um, you know, obviously Najee Vaughn, big Barnwell fan, got to talk to him. I think that was great. Uh, Michelle Smith, Tyler's mom, getting to see her in the stands was really cool there. A um, lot of great people down there in Barnwell that we got to talk to and, and talk with and a great experience overall uh, and, and a lot I, of fun. I, I got to stop you there, Kev. You're just glossing over, you know, Tyler's mom. <laughs> she's not just cheering for her son. She doesn't know what's, you know, everything that's going on. She's following the whole thing. She's also live streaming the game. That's you know, right. High-fiving with the family and friends and fans. So big shout out to Tyler's mom, uh, Miss Michelle Smith there. She was she was killing it Friday night. Yes, yes. A lot of great people down there. A, a lot of fun to be in that atmosphere. Uh, you know, Coach Youngblood at Barnwell, great to talk to him after the game. Um, you know, Coach uh, the AD there at, at, uh, at Woodland, Coach Seifert, great, great to talk to him. Obviously, Coach Ford at Woodland, Coach Garrick at Barnwell as well. Going to some time. I appreciate those guys there. It's just a, a great atmosphere, a great night for us. We had a great time traveling down there and uh, um, fun to see a, a great ball game down there. And Barnwell comes out with a 34-28 to 28 victory there to give them a, a leg up in that region title race. They have to come up uh, with a win again this week, of course, but they are in the driver's seat trail now. But Let's take a look at our games of the week if you're ready for that. Yeah, games of the week presented always by Kona. Just love their uh, friendship and sponsorship this year. We appreciate them coming on board to sponsor these games for us. Uh, but moving on from one huge matchup in 2A to probably the biggest matchup in the highest classification in 5A, uh, we had a clash of the Titans here, uh, two great historic programs, uh, Gaffney and Dorman. The Indians are able to pull off the victory, knocking off the previously unbeaten Dorman Cavaliers 41 to 29 in the reservation. Uh, never got out to a huge lead, but just jabbed the Cavaliers to death. Was it were able to stifle that offense, that run game for the most part? You know, DJ Porter got his, uh, but Gaffney was able to lean on their senior quarterback, that uh, talented defensive front, and a freshman running backs able to, to get something going in that big win on Friday night. Indians up 14-0 right off the bat in the first quarter there. They're up 20-8 to late in the second quarter. And actually, I think it was – I can't remember if it was a fumble or a pick that a turn – caused a turnover from Dorman inside their 10. To, so, huge to hold them out of the end zone heading into the half there. In the second half, they really just pulled away. You know, that game was 41-22. to Dorman gets a late touchdown, like a minute and a half, two minutes to go there to make it 41-29. But that game wasn't super close in the second half. You know, hats off to – you know, McDowell and Loftus and Nathan Johnson, those guys, you know, Sugar Jeffries there, Quayshon Tate. I know Brayshon Littlejohn did not play for Gaffney. So, a huge win without him there. You know, like I said on the previous show, Jarrell, you know, looking at the numbers, looking at the teams, I felt like Dorman was the better team going into the game. Yeah. But just the reservation, man. Something about playing there, you know, adds a little little bit to it. And then just Gaffney's just playing great football, man. It's not, you know, it's not only about the, the outside factors. That team is playing some great ball right now, too. Again, too, it may be a situation with two different teams that may be going in different directions. This isn't a team in Dorman that's been playing their best ball the few weeks. They've had a couple of close calls, um, you know, maybe reading the press clippings a little bit. I think they're hampered a little bit at that quarterback position. Um, no disrespect to the, the Hudson Tally kid that played that starts for them at quarterback, but they're having to go a lot of wildcat with DJ Porter and things like that. And we understand that. You know, the coaches over there, uh, you know, really emphasize the running game and are very creative in ways to get playmakers the ball in space. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to push the ball down the field and, and mix it up a little bit. And I think that's catching up with them. And then in Gaffey, man, this is a team that's just so high. They're just putting it all together. 
They lost a lot of experience last year, but here we are late in the season. You've had to play a lot of young guys early. They now have that experience. You have a lot of senior leadership, though, in critical positions like Little John and uh, Grayson Loftus at quarterback. Uh, and then you have one of the best coaches of all time in the state and Coach Jones there. And you just see Gaffney just rising to the top, you know, when it really matters. Yeah, clinching that region title there is huge. Those guys get a lot of home games. We know how tough it is to play over there at Gaffney. You mentioned DJ Porter in the Wildcat. You know, they actually let him throw it a little bit more this week, too. I think I've got his stat line. He threw 12 times, something like that, the other night. So they're trying to figure out a way to kind of get him more involved in the pass game as well. But he ran the ball. I've got him at 242. Um, I think that yeah. sounds right, 242, three touchdowns there. So big game here for him on the ground. Foster couldn't really get going, so he was really the catalyst there. Yeah, you're right. They got to figure out something in the in the air game there, or they're going to be in for a for a tough uh, tough run when the playoffs come around. Most definitely, and that's just so critical. Them, you know, being undefeated coming in, being the leaders in that region the whole year, and then Gaffney just sneaking up at the end and just you know, hey, we're still in control. We're still here, taking that region championship, taking that one seed, guaranteeing those home games. That I think at least two of them to start in the playoffs there is just huge. And uh, just congratulations to that Indians program and just, you know, really excited for them the way they fought through adversity this season to get to that point. But, Kev, let's move on to another team that's been cruising through the season. However, they continue to cruise again and lock up their first region championship since 2007, and that's the Clinton Red Devils. They win big over Chester in a game that was never close. They win this game 48-20. to uh, relied on the stars, of course, in Copeland and James, but also had another star emerge to kind of formulate a three-headed monster on Friday night for the Red Devils. Yeah, Jaden Robinson had a huge game, actually led them in rushing, uh, which, which if you follow the program, you know, there's usually James or Copeland every week here that we say on yeah. our show pretty much. So big game from him there. That defense played well, you know, gave up, I think it was, you know, one kind of cheap touchdown there, but still 20 overall is not a bad performance at all from that team. Uh, you know, Chester – uh, we talked about it before the season started drill. We didn't we didn't think their offense was as good as it has been the last couple of years with all these struggle on that side of the ball. The defense is still very good. Clinton didn't make them look very good, but Clinton played super well. <laughs> um, you know, first game without Austin Copeland there at quarterback and safety. Bryce Young, not the Alabama kid, but Bryce Young filled in very well at quarterback for Clinton there. Um, didn't you know you don't have to throw the ball a lot just to kind of just control it. When when you do throw it, don't turn it over. Played a good ball game back there, uh, taking snaps. He took a snap, took snaps in an earlier game this year, so he had a little bit of experience there. Big win for the Red Devils. You know, like I said, first region title since 07. Huge for those guys getting some, some home games during the playoffs, clinching that region. I know that Coach Fountain and Coach Campbell and Coach Alexander have been kind of building towards this point for a while now. So, hats off to those guys. Uh, won that region in a dominating fashion. They hadn't played a close game all year, really. No, not at all. Again, they're kind of like AC Florida. Don't really have, like, those huge signature wins, but they blow whoever they play out every week. Uh, they don't play to an opponent. They play to their standard, and they just continue to get it done. Um, so very well-deserved. Congratulations to them for locking up that region championship and that one seed. Really excited to see what they're going to do. 3A upper state playoffs are going to be phenomenal. Uh, so really looking forward to that. And then Chester, no need to hang your hat there. They lost a lot from last year's team. They're still playing some really good football, so that's a testament to the kids, the culture of that program, and the coaches there. Uh, but moving on, another blowout in our games of the week. We got Christ Church hanging 60 on St. Joseph's. Uh, this is a game, you know, everyone on the offense was efficient, especially, you know, they were led by Dash Reader. This game was close early, like early, early, and then <laughs> Christ Church just pulls away throughout the game. Yeah, it was 14-7 to late first quarter. And then St. Joe's didn't score again until the fourth. Um, you know, just huge game from Dash Reader. You'll get to his stat line here in a minute for players of the week. You know, Coach Hatfield's doing a great job. This is the St. Joe's team that was number one in 1A for a while. Still, I think, was getting a first-place vote in, in one of those other polls. I think this week we had a little bit lower in our poll there. Christchurch, though, man, they are playing some great football. They've got a massive matchup this week for the region title. And to really just say who is the number one team when they play Southside Christian, this Friday night will be a great one. But Coach Hatfield uh, doing a great job there with Walker Woods, a quarterback doing a great job for them as well, along with Dash Reader, B.J. Atkins out wide. And that defense, man, we talk about the 60 points, offense look great. Defense just as impressive holding those guys to 14. Most definitely St. Joe's kind of tumbles here down the stretch. They're probably looking at a three seed here in that region. Uh, just a really tough region for them, probably the deepest in 1A. 
I'm not going to go into too much depth with Christchurch because something tells me on Tuesday, you and John are going to be talking about them again as they have a pivotal matchup against the Sabres, probably the biggest matchup in the upstate um, next week, most certainly in Greenville County. Uh, so looking forward to hearing you guys talk about that. But moving on to our skis a game of the week, comeback victory for Buford Academy in an absolute barn burner of a football game. Uh, Buford Academy is able to win this game 20 to 19 over Colleton Prep. Kevin, these skis a games, man, they are so competitive and just so good each and every week. No doubt about it. You know, Buford scored 213 left, a pass from Deneen to Gonzalez to take the lead there. Colleton Prep comes right back, scores. Last minute there, goes for two to win the game. Pass falls incomplete. Buford wins by one. Great ball game. Two good wins in a row for Buford. They've now beaten Thomas Hayward and Colin Pratt back-to-back weeks, giving Colin Pratt their first loss of the year. Two very good teams we could certainly see playing for State here in a couple weeks, but just a big win there for Buford. Something you love to see in skis of ball, you know, they don't have as many teams, but this is something you would probably never see in the high school league with so much on the line with playoff seating. Going for two to win a game this late in the season, uh, that's absolutely awesome for the fans. Probably not so much for the players, <laughs> the people on the staff. Got a little heartburn going on there, uh, but a crazy game. And an awesome, you know, result, 20 to 19 again in our skis, the game of the week. I'm going to run through their scores one more time in those games of the week presented by Kona. We had Barnwell knocking off Woodland 34 to 28. That'll probably shoot Barnwell up to being, you know, number two, number one in two-way there. Gaffney knocks off Dorman. They continue their rise from early season struggles uh, to lock up the region, winning 41-29. The Clinton Red Devils lock up their first region championship since 2007, winning 48-20. Christchurch 60-14 over St. Joe's. And our skis a game again. Buford Academy knocks off Colleton Prep 20-19. Kevin, I'm going to jump into our Pick'em Contest games each week. Those are presented by Hannah Engineering. We're down to the final week in these. I know my Pick'em didn't go well this week. I think I had a seven spot, kind of a stinker, because uh, I know I had Colleton Prep for sure, and they kind of let me down going for two there. I need at least a, a push or something. But that first game, another crucial matchup down in the low country. We had Somerville knocking off Ashley Ridge. Somerville wins this game 28-13, to a uh, situation where Somerville is able to, you know, it was close going into halftime. I think it was 14-13. Somerville is able to score a couple of touchdowns in the second half to pull away from Ashley Ridge and rely on that defense for the second half shutout. Yeah, for sure. Second half played great for those guys. You know, this sets up a huge matchup with Fort Dorchester for the region title this coming week there. Somerville, a team that, you know, has lost to, to Sumter in a big game early in the year, but they played very well outside of that ball game. You know, I'm still not – 100% sold on the offense some weeks, but the defense is really, really good. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup next week. Great win for those guys over Ashley Richards. Had a good season for those guys for sure. Um, big win there for, for the Green Wave. South Carolina high school football is always better when the Green Wave are playing well. One of the classic programs in the state. So happy to see them. Looking forward to that matchup. Really, more importantly, looking forward to a matchup and see if somebody can knock off 4D, um, you know, down there because they've kind of been cruising the last few years. Uh, but moving on. Kind of our shocker of the week. I won't say necessarily upset, but Philip Simmons shuts out Hanahan in the game. You know, they rely on special teams and defense to carry them. They win this game 22 to nothing um, at a couple block punts and, you know, kind of just, rely, like I said, relied on that defense. You know, if they can't score, then you're going to win. Uh, but Philip Simmons, you know, playing some better ball here in the second half of the year. I think they've moved, they moved up for, to 3A from 2A last season. Uh, just a great performance from them. Yes, no doubt about it. You know, Coach Bendig's doing a great job down there. This is a Hanahan team that can play some good ball. You know, only had two losses on the year, one of them being to that Woodland team we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, going through a lot there still with kind of the, you know, the interim coach taking over there and whatnot. Really impressed with the defense for Phillip Simmons. You know, shutting these guys out is huge. You mentioned the two-block punt, special team gets it done, especially this time of the year there. Phillip Simmons playing some great ball. I think that moves into to six and three, two more in the region. They may have a chance to win the region. Still not sure how that works out, but they're playing great down there. The Iron Horses certainly are. Most definitely. Moving on to a team, another team that's just playing really well uh, throughout the course of the season, but then facing an opponent and a, a crosstown rival in Wren, and that's the Pow Powdersville Patriots. They win this game 51-21. Wren had lost all of their non-region games 
three and O coming into this in region play. So this kind of locks up the region championship for the Patriots, uh, but another impressive performance winning 51 to 21. This game never really in doubt for Powdersville up 21 to nothing at half. Sarin didn't even score to the third quarter there. Watch here for Kyle Rice. We talked about him, you know, before the show here drill. Usually it's Drake Sloan, Thomas Williams, Eli Hudgens, Elijah Huggins, one of those guys making big plays offensively. This week it's Kyle Rice. Three catches for a buck 48 for the Patriots there. Big game from him. That offense has so many weapons, Jarrell. They continue to roll, continue to get right, get going into the playoffs. And big win for Coach Muster locking up that region for the Patriots. Most definitely. And as we move on, we always have to talk about Region 6 and 4A. We had a big-time matchup between Hartsville and West Florence. West Florence runs all over the Red Foxes, uh, literally. Uh, this game ends up 57-39. to 39. Not much commentary here other than Darren Lloyd, the running back for the West Florence Knights. Huge game, 270-plus in the first half. Just we had, It was so big, we had people looking up at halftime what the state record for rushing yards in the game was. People were, were on that kind of watch the other night. <clears throat> I just can't – I can't get over how many that was, you know. Um, but then looking on the other side, Hartsville, though, that offense continues to roll too, drill. they got to figure out something on defense, of course. But <clears throat> big win for West Florence, a team that is was kind of in a tough spot. I said on the previous show, could have been a look-ahead spot looking forward to that game. This week they got with LaSalle, but it certainly wasn't. that You know, they put the hammer down early um, and, and win a big ball game, I think, to lock up at least a two-seed there in that region, no matter what happens this Friday night. Most definitely. And, again, Hartsville, such a dangerous team. I mean, they're going to go on the road and give somebody fits. Uh, that two-headed monster between Anderson excuse me, and McDaniel there and the quarterback, McKendry Douglas. Again, they, they struggle a little bit defensively from time to time, but when you have a backfield as dynamic as Hartsville is, they're always going to have a shot because they're going to put up points and put up yards. Uh, they just ran into a buzzsaw on Friday against West. As you mentioned again, and I'm not going to talk about it much, sets up a huge matchup, probably the game of the state. Uh, undefeated West Florence against undefeated South Florence. A game, we're talking Sunday afternoon here right now, a game that's already sold out. Uh, so <laughs> it's going to be crucial. Nice. Hopefully, hopefully, if you're listening, you've already got your tickets. If you wanted to go see this, if not, uh, hit up StubHub. So good luck with that. Moving on, another great game. We had Strom Thurmond and Silver Bluff, uh, opposite of the game we just talked about. This game was about defense. And that Strom Thurmond defense continues to be absolutely suffocating. They lock up a region championship under first-year coach Andrew Webb. Uh, they win this game 17-7 to over a surging Silver Bluff team. Silver Bluff actually scored first drill to go up 7 to nothing in this one. Uh, but after that, it was all Strom Thurmond. They allowed 66 total yards the final three quarters there. Yes. Just a great point for those guys. We talked about it, you know, the last few weeks. Offense hasn't played great for them. But they don't have to be great. They just have to be decent, honestly, with that defense, man. Uh, big win for those guys. They're on a heck of a win. I think it might be maybe seven games in a row, six games in a row since Quan Edmond came back there. Played some great ball there. Hats off Coach uh, Coach Webb, region title first year there. Most definitely. You say Strom Thurmond. I mean, like, the offense is not good. They have some playmakers, don't get me wrong, at Edmond, the running back there. They have some, some really good receivers. They just sometimes can't get it going as much. Uh, but, again, you don't have to be that good when your defense is as good as theirs. Uh, they continue to just suffocate another region opponent. I don't think they've given up 100 points on the season. That's just how good that strong defense has been. So, congratulations to them there. And another defensive battle, this time in the PD, and that's Lamar and Lakeview. Lamar's able to win this game 14-7. to They're able – the Lamar defense, much like Strom Thurmond, just suffocates Lakeview, especially in the red zone. Lakeview has some critical errors where they're not able to punch or get any type of points inside the 10-yard line on multiple occasions. Uh, and then Lamar just able to take a 14-7 first-half lead and just run away with it. I love seeing these, team, these two teams back in the same region. You know, these are two of the traditional powerhouses in 1A across the state of South Carolina. So getting to see them match up for a region title was really cool there. Uh, Lamar, you know, Coach Pierce doing a great job there in his first year winning the region title. Hats off to him. You know, Lakeview, a team that started a little bit slow, had a couple bumps in the road early on, has gotten, you know, significantly better as the season goes on there. Tough loss to them. Kind of had a couple of opportunities, like you said, Drell, just couldn't make it happen there when they needed to uh, in that ball game. But I like Lamar a lot. That Silver Fox's team is going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I love McManus there at quarterback. They're doing a great job over there. Like I said, once again, hats off to Coach Pierce and that Silver Fox program. 
again, one more time, we'll run through these scores. You had Somerville knocking off Ashley Ridge, 28-13. Phillip Simmons beating hand-to-hand, 22-0. Powdersville beats Wren, 51-21. West Florence over Hartsville, 57-39. Strom Thurman beats Silver Bluff, 17-7. And Lamar beating Lakeview, 14-7. In our games of the week, our, excuse me, our pick'em contest games presented by Hannah Engineering. Again, get in there week 10. Wrap up, finish the season strong with the pick'em contest. I know me and Kevin are like neck and neck on our picks this season, so it's going to be really critical. And we're just narrowing off air the pick'em contest games for this week. And boy, was it difficult. And it's yes. going to be even harder to make those decisions as we go into it. But uh, just some really good football games that we were able to go through here. Yeah, Kevin, um, I, I do want to say also, if you guys haven't been a part of it, that's okay. We've got a playoff plan coming up. we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do exactly for the playoffs but definitely hop in for that too um here in a couple of weeks as we get round one underway definitely hop in for those pickups as well that'll be a lot of fun and you'll see some really high level matchups as we get going into the end of the season yeah we got like seven days to figure it out but please. <laughs> uh, so yeah i'm gonna go through the scoreboard for this week uh just stop me when you hear a game you want to talk about and we'll go from there so we got bc knocking off swansea 49 to zero uh, Andrews beats Lee Central 34 to 8. Bamberg knocks off Allendale 42 to 0. Lexington shuts out Aiken 50 to nothing. Uh, Saluda shuts out Fox Creek 42 to 0. Good to see them bounce back. Uh, PD Academy beats Northwood 34 to 8. I believe Eight. with that win and the Florence Christian loss, I believe PD locks up the, uh, the, the 3A region, whatever you want to call it, and skis us. So, big win for those guys. Eight and one on the year. Had that one tough loss to Williamsburg. Playing some great football right now. Um, and they will actually face Lawrence Christian next week before they roll into the playoffs. Gotta love that. AC Flora beats Lugolf Elgin 54-7. to We have Broom beating Carolina 48 to nothing. This sets up a crucial matchup for the region championship against Chapman next week. Broom playing under the radar. They have a really talented underclassman back. His name escapes me right now. Jalen McGill. I was about to mention him. Yeah, Yeah, they play some good football. We we hadn't really talked about him much. You know, last year they were really high-flying air raid with Dylan Ramirez there at quarterback. He graduates. He's playing for North Greenville now. She's starting to quarterback for those guys. McGill kind of carrying the load for those guys this year. They're a fun team. Uh, Huge matchup with Chapman this week. Can't wait to see how that one turns out. Most definitely. We got Williamsburg Academy beating Lee Academy 28 to 6. Um, Buford knocks off Nets. Buford knocks off Shiraw 33 to 8. Nation Ford over Spring Valley 47 to 16. Uh, South Florence knocks off North Myrtle Beach 46 to nothing. Again, setting up a critical matchup against West. Uh, we might be at that game, might be at South Florence again next week. Berkeley beat Stratford 12 to 7 in baseball score. Westside over easily 41 to 20. Uh, it's a good win for Westside. It is. Easily has a, has a good offense. I was surprised they didn't score more points. Westside, you know, a couple hiccups here and there. Greenville game, of course, uh, you know, uh, BHP or a game early in the year. But they played really good outside of that. Uh, had a couple nice wins in a row against Greenwood and easily to get themselves a two seed there in that region. Cutter wasn't that offense can be tough for anybody to stop. Going back to Westwood, they got a huge win. They beat T.L. Hannah early in the season, so so good for them. Uh, Camden beats Crestwood 35-14. to 14. Camden coming back after a, a sluggish start to the season. Uh, Hannah over Woodmont 38-13. to 13. That cements that region championship for them. Lakewood beats Darlington 50-7. to 7. Lake Marion over Academic Magnet 27-7. to 7. First Baptist beats Florence Christian in a tight one 27-26. Catawba Ridge beats Indian Land 36-21, setting up a huge matchup in York County uh, next week against Northwestern. Central over Chesterfield 41-0. Newberry beats Columbia 43-2. Anna Pamplico beats Greensea 42-21. Northside Christian 32, Palmetto 8. Uh, We have Lawrence knocking off Eastside 24-15. Uh, Palmetto beats the Fountain in Fury 14 to nothing. Chesney beats 96 in a close one, 27 to 26. Myrtle Beach in a game of offense uh, beats Wilson 61 to 58. I believe that locks them into the playoffs. That'll put them in that uh, five or four spot in that region. That'll mean Wilson probably has to apply for an at-large bid. They will probably get it still. Yeah, big win for Myrtle Beach to just to go ahead and lock up a spot there out of that, that very tough region. Yeah, if we don't get a nat large out of that region six, man, that's that's kind of nuts there. So <laughs> high school league do do what's right. <laughs> Lower Richland beats Orangeburg Wilkinson 31 to nothing. Hillcrest bounces back in a big way over rival Malden. They win 49 to 9. 
Yeah, tying up the all-time series there in that Golden Strip Derby. They've won, I think, 10 in a row now, Drew, I think we said on, yep. in that there. Uh, big news there, quarterback Bennett, Bennett Judy did play after being injured against T.L. Hand in the previous week. Big win for the Rams. You know, the Malden Mavs squad has uh, had a tough year on their side of the ball. Hadn't really gotten it going at all, but uh, hats off to Hillcrest and Coach Freight on, on another big win there. Team that stumbled midseason, uh, Gilbert picks up a big win over Dreer 56-21, setting up a crucial matchup next week against Brooklyn Casey. Carver's Bay over East Clarendon 41-2. With Ben Lippin, man, this is a great story this season uh, behind first-year coach Bennett Weigel. They win that game 13-12 over Augusta Christian on Friday. Big win for those guys. You know, love what they're doing there. A team that really struggled last year. And they're, you know, I think they're at seven and two now, Drill, playing some great football there. The Helmet Dollar kid, Bryce Kraft, the other guys there really getting it done for them. Hats off to the, to the Falcons. Most definitely. South Lake and Thoroughbreds outlast Midland Valley. They win 52 to 49. I think they're closer to that two seed there. Uh, Greenville just blows out Greenwood. This is. This is another shocker. They win this game 66-7, to man. The Red Raiders offense is something serious, and then there's a defense now that's really playing well down the stretch. And Greenwood on the flip side has really surprised me. I thought they would get a big boost with V. Morton coming back. Uh, you know, they played they played Westside and Greenville, obviously two tough teams in a row. But to not really be competitive, I would say, in either one of those has really been, been a shocker to me. Yeah, Greenville could have picked that score in the game. I'm pretty sure they scored over 50 in the first half. Uh, Dylan rolls Waccamaw 38 to 14. White Knoll bounces back. They beat Chapin 38 to 21. Uh, we had Blythewood knocking off Rock Hill 31 to 7. Kevin, that's the team in Blythewood we saw earlier in the year against Lexington. Uh, they're having some issues. I think they were still rotating quarterbacks, but they have really played well down the stretch. Yeah, I believe that locks up the region for those guys, actually. Um, you know, Coach Seidel's doing a great job there with that program. You know, a team that when we saw them, I didn't think they would be a region champ, I'll be honest with you. Oh, they have figured it out, and they play some, some better football here down the stretch. Most definitely. Looky, looky, they're still here. Dutch Fork knocks off River Bluff 56-7. You sound like a broken record. Another huge matchup next week. They're going to play Lexington to decide that region. Marlboro County wins an overtime over Lake City, 20-14. to 14. We had Manning shutting out Loris, 26 to nothing. A surprise for me there. You know, Manning has been a team that's kind of fallen under the radar a little bit. Uh, had a few big wins here and there. You know, obviously the addition of the Rames kid early in the year was a big help for them. Had, coming off a tough loss to Dillon last week to bounce back and, and beat a good Loris team, very impressive there for the Monarchs. Most definitely. And speaking of impressive, Louisville, they've been impressive all year. They beat Whitmire 57 to 18. Uh, we had Fort D beating West Ashley 51 to 7. That's a good West Ashley defense, but I think Fort D got a little bit of a boost in personnel. I believe so. I think quarterback Zoltan Osborne back playing again for those guys. The a West Ashley team that was given up three or seven each week, it felt like the first seven weeks of the, of the season. To put 50 on those guys is a really good performance there for the Patriots. Most definitely. We had Goose Creek knocking off Wando 53 to 34. A team that didn't win a non-region game. I think they're 3-0 in region now. Quarterback Drew Morris playing some good football for them. They've got a chance to win that region next week. Most definitely. The defense still needs some work, but that offense, you know, that, that's always going to give them a chance. Uh, Ridgeview, talking about a team that actually plays to their opponent each week, it feels like. Uh, they slide by Richard Northeast winning 41 to 34. Sets up that matchup next week against AC Floor for the region championship. A game that was a lot closer than I thought it would be. You know, maybe look ahead spot. I don't know there. Um, but big win for for Ridgeview. I did see they were playing a different quarterback, so maybe that played into it. Not sure what happened. If it was an injury or what it was. But they still got the win. That's what matters. And uh, they've got a big one this Friday night for sure. Most definitely. We've got Ridgeland Hardyville 38 against Edisto's 25. Abbeville rolls Blacksburg. Another team that got a huge boost in personnel. Um, and Antonio Harrison, the running back, coming back this week. They score 62 on Blacksburg's – to excuse me, to Blacksburg's seven. Landrum knocks off Liberty 21 to nothing. We had Pinewood Prep over Thomas Hayward 40 to 20. BHP knocks off Southside 49 to nothing. I think that was – do they play – They play Wren next week, so that will decide number two. Seed. Yep. So they'll play Wren for the two seed. Uh, Northwestern in a, in a close game against South Point. We got to attribute this to maybe a rivalry game, maybe a look ahead here too. Uh, but they only win by 10, knocking off the Stallions 43 to 33. Uh, they're going to play Catawba Ridge next week. Yeah, Crest South Point, a, a good performance in a loss. Obviously, you know, 
you want to win if you're South Point. But at least you showed some fight this week. You showed a little bit of offensive firepower, which is good for those guys. You know, they had to have this game to have a chance to get a home playoff game, I think, in the first round, which they didn't get it, of course. But a uh, big win for Northwestern. Again, anytime you beat your rival, and uh, a rival at South Point especially, is, is a good win for you. Most definitely. At South Point, uh, that, that's good to see because I know they've had some issues, especially at the quarterback spot. So good to see them actually put some points on the board. Crescent beats West Oak 30-15. to 15. Uh, we had Patrick Henry knocking off Andrew Jackson Academy 52 to 12. May River beats Bluffton 14 to 7. Keenan over Mid Carolina 46 to 35. Uh, Carolina Forest beats Socasty 56 to 35. Kane Bay rolls Stahl 65 to 18. Uh, we had Chapman beating Blue Ridge 64 to 34. This is Chapman, a team that lost a lot from last year's team, had to kind of reinvent themselves. Uh, they're going to be facing Broom next week for the region championship. Calhoun Academy beats Clarendon Hall 28-6. Spartanburg rolls Bowling Springs 55-14. Sumter knocks off St. James. They have back-to-back 42 spots. They win that game 42-14. Wagner Sally over Denmark Oler 36-32. Seneca beats Walhalla 34-16. Lawrence Manning over Orangeburg Prep Big 54-14. Cross blanks Baptist Hill 54-0. Huge win there for Cross. You know, Baptist Hill, a team that was – Top 10, high in the top 10 for a, a large part of the year. May still be, honestly. Cross, a team that's kind of flying on the radar, I think they're going to make some noise in one, you know, Santori Jones, Carmelo Montgomery. Really good team there the Cross Trojans have. Most definitely. We have Batesburg Leesville over Pillion, 55-7. to seven. Andrew Jackson continues to roll up <clears> – <throat> excuse me – continues to score a bunch of points, winning 63-22 to 22 over North Central. North Augusta beats Airport 24-7. to seven. I think that locks things up for them there. I believe so. Oceanside Collegiate blanks Bishop England. Uh, something tells me they were being nice. They win this game 36 to nothing. Pickens blanks Berea 49 to nothing. We had Ainer beating Georgetown 50-22. to 22. Irmo shuts out Westwood 42-0. to zero. Didn't expect that. Uh, one that we did expect, Kingstree shuts out Mullins 62 to nothing. A uh, close one, we had York over Lancaster 28 to 26. York had to have it to get in the playoffs, I think. Uh, so that'll probably leave Lancaster as the odd man out in that region there. But big win for Coach Boyd and those guys there. Most definitely. We had James Island beating Hilton Head 45 to 8. James Island continues to play really good football. Got a region championship on the line. Those guys in Lucy Beckham this Friday night. Uh, you know, the Trojans are playing good football down there. Have had only just a couple slip ups all year long. That'll be a fun matchup between uh, between uh, Coach Smith and uh, and the James Allen squad there. Most definitely that that Bengal that that's the Bengals Lucy Beckham Bengals. That's such a great story in their first full year of competition, uh, competing for a region championship. Uh, just really awesome stuff there. Mackey beats Great Falls fifty to twelve. We have Greer knocking off Wade Hampton thirty six to twenty eight. Beaufort beats North Charleston 48 to 8. That game was actually played last Thursday. Uh, 51 to 14, Daniel rolls Pendleton. They just continue to do Daniel type things. Um, Emerald over Union County 44 to 8. With Blackville Hilda knock off Wilson Elko 30 to 13. Well Branch beats Branchville 35 to 7. Fairfield Central scores a bunch. They put up 61 on Eau Claire, who scores nothing. Clover over Fort Mill, 30-15. to 15. Estill, man, this is the team, one of those ones that are they're probably the, the third, like, top three hottest teams in the, in the state. They win 50 to nothing over Bowman. With Scott's Branch over Hemingway, 42 to nothing. Uh, Southside Christian beats Ware Shoals, 35 to nothing. We'll talk about them on Tuesday with John and Kevin. Uh, St. John's beats Military Magnet, 19 to 6. Uh, I think that's all. Oh, and the last one, we have McCormick over Calhoun Falls, 55-8. to eight. Do you have any skis of scores or anything that I missed, Kev? That's all the main ones there. I think you hit the main ones that we wanted to go through there. So, great job, Drill. Let's uh, transition now into our stock up, stock down from Founders Federal Credit Union. That works for you. Most definitely. Let's do it. Awesome. couple stock ups here I've got. Berkeley, the Stags, get a big win here. Have not been good this year. I think they got their first win of the year, beating Stratford. Hats off to the Stags there. Big win for those guys. And then a team we mentioned a minute ago, Fort Dorchester. Not necessarily just because they beat West Ashley, but because Zoltan Osborne's back. You know, one of the premier quarterbacks in the state here in North-South selection here. This team, I said it last week, I think, on the previous show, the recap show, one or the other. If he's healthy, they're probably my favorite in lower state in 5A. So, big for them to get Zoltan Osborne back for Fort D uh, heading into this last couple of weeks. And then the last one I've got right now is uh, Chapman. 
a team that we hadn't talked about a lot. You know, been been down early in the year after losing a, a bunch of t- a bunch of guys from last year's squad. They've now got a chance to play for the region title next Friday night trail. Hats off to Coach Cabinets and those guys over there uh, at Chapman. I'm going to jump through a couple teams here. I got Barnwell, man. We saw them play. Uh, they're undefeated. Sets up a huge matchup next week against Wade Hampton. Uh, just really impressed with not only the offense between Pender and Smith, uh, but also that defense, being able to you know clamp down on Woodland in the second half. So that was a very impressive performance for them. Um, Gaffney, just a team that just continues to surge. Uh, how huge is it for them to come, reestablish themselves in region play, knock off an undefeated Dorman team at home, take care of business, you know, as they get healthy, as they get experienced, set up for another playoff run. The defending state champions are playing good ball. And then Somerville, really excited for Somerville um, as they go into that matchup against Fort Dorchester. Very impressive win, relying on that defense in the second half against Ashley Ridge. Uh, just good good stuff for the Green Wave going into the, the playoff run and Friday night's matchup. I've got Camden on the list, Trail, you know, a team that was kind of written off, left for dead without with their losses to Hartsville and then Gray Collegiate midseason there. Play up some good ball. They come back to win the region. They beat Crestwood last week handily there. Grayson White and those guys, Shamik Jones, Xavier McLeod, um, you know, just a lot of playmakers out there for those guys. Big win for the Bulldogs. Uh, hats off to Coach Rimp and those guys. Phillip Simmons. A big win over Hanahan, a shutout win over Hanahan, a team that was really competitive, uh, you know, last year in a, in a lower class moving up. has kind of, you know, had a little bit of a down year, but they're still 6-2, six 6-3, six something like that. Coach yeah. Benny doing a great job there with, with Phillip Simmons. And then Abbeville, not because of their win this week, but because Antonio Harrison is back. One of the premier running backs in the state is back for them. You know, didn't have to do a lot last week. It was a big blowout win, but he's back. He's getting healthy, getting right for the playoffs. Big pickup for the Panthers here. Most definitely. I want to show some love to Greer. Uh, they had a, a good win. Just, just We haven't talked much about them this year, but that puts them into contention to host a home game. Um, that's not the deepest region in Region 2 there in 4A, but just wanted to show the Greer Yellow Jacket some love. Uh, the next one I have is Sumter. This is a team that's been around all year, um, had, had a little rust patch. Um, middle of the year, they lost to Oceanside in the game where they were shut out. But they've really turned the corner the last couple of weeks. I think they've scored 42 each week. Uh, so the Gamecocks playing some really good ball down the stretch. And Christchurch, a team that has consistently put up points, uh, just really excited to see what they're going to do against Southside Christian, a team that has completely dominated, you know, 1A football, but dominated that upstate, you know, region there. In Greenville, I know it's going to be a rivalry game, going to be pretty heated. So it's going to be cool to see that matchup on Friday night. In the last two for me, Drew, Ben Lippin, our friend Coach Weigel there at the Falcons, a team that won one game last year, Drew, is now sitting at seven and two, playing some great football. Got a chance to make a deep run in the skis of playoffs. So hats off to those guys there at Ben Lippin. And then a team I mentioned a minute ago, Cross, uh, a huge win over Baptist Hill last week. A couple of really good playmakers with Montgomery and Jones there. They're a team that can get hot in the lower state and definitely make some noise here as playoffs roll around. But anybody else you want to add to stock up, Drill? I think we've covered them all. We had uh, more than we have in a while here. So uh, it's good to see these teams trending in the right direction, you know, as they start to make those playoff runs, as they try to lock up region championships in week 10. Uh, so just really good to see these teams peaking at the right time. For sure. And I was looking at look over at stock down, Drill. Won't you rattle off a couple, a couple of yours and I'll give a couple of mine. I'm going to start with the big boys. The opposite of, of Gaffney, I'm going Dorman. They lost that game. They had controlled, you know, the region. Uh, they've been, you know, consistently a top two, at least a top five team from the start of the season till now. They get to their biggest game of the season, and they fall flat. You know, they weren't able to take care of business, and so we got to put Dorman on there, unfortunately. Uh, and then the opposite of that, I'm going Malden, man. Uh, I think they won their first game, lost seven in a row. I mean, and then they just weren't competitive against their rival. That's no good there. And then the last one I've got is Lakeview. Uh, just not taking care of those advantages. They had a big rivalry game win last week against Lada. They get to play this game against Lamar for a region championship. And much like Dorman, they kind of just fell a little bit flat. Like they didn't take care of business. They had opportunities and they just didn't capitalize. A couple I've got River Bluff, a team that was super hot earlier in the year, has now lost to uh, to Dorman, uh, Lexington, and Dutch Fork. No shame in those losses, but just being non-competitive, really, uh, yeah. especially in this last game of Dutch Fork, was kind of surprising there. Really good team. You know, we like Parker Murray. 
We like Stephen Collier. We like Cooper Johns. A lot of good athletes, but just, you know, something not quite right there, it seems like, right now for, for that squad. But maybe they'll get it rolling in the playoffs. They're still a very good football team, I feel like, but just a tough loss there for those guys. Another one is Loris, a team that I've been high on all year long. You guys know that. Getting shut out by Manny was a surprise to me. Obviously, they had the quarterback issue last week. Kid broke his leg, had to put, had to move the tight end back to quarterback. Had a nice win last week with him there. Couldn't get anything going last week. Uh, Manny shuts him out to win that ball game, And then Greenwood, a team that I had on stock up because uh, V. Morton was coming back a couple weeks ago. They've been non-competitive against Westside and Greenville. They're two biggest games here lately. That Greenwood program, they're always going to be a tough out for somebody because of that offense they run. But I'm just surprised about how uh, how how they let those games kind of get away from me the last couple weeks. Most definitely. I think we have a couple more. Uh, St. Joe's, it's a team, you know, that kicks them. They're probably going to be a three seed. So, then you're on the road now. You, you definitely you play in the toughest division, I would say, you know, top to bottom in 1A. But, you know, just to, to lose that game like that. And then Hanahan. It just seems like they just couldn't get anything going on offense. This is a team that I do give a lot of credit for, you know, fighting through the adversity with all the coaching changes. Uh, but that's a big-time matchup, and it just seems like they, they just weren't able to get anything going on Friday night. Exactly right. So that's our stock up, stock down from Founders Federal Credit Union. Drew, let's look now at our players of the week. Uh, another great week of nominations. Lots of great athletes and great, great performances across the state of South Carolina. Drill, won't you tell the folks who our three winners were? And then I'll go through some of the nominations we got outside of those guys. Most definitely the three winners. And we'll start off with the lock of the week. This is probably, he was going to be player of the week at halftime. Uh, so he's been player of the week since Friday at about 8.30. And that's Darren Lloyd, the running back from West Florence. Uh, this kid finished the game against Hartsville. He had 30 carries, 398 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, so Darren Lloyd, the running back from West Florence, Incredible performance, maybe the performance of the year that we've seen so far. Uh, the next one, Dash Reader, running back for Christ Church. We could have put him on here a number of weeks this season. He has 18 carries for 203 and four touchdowns in their big win over St. Joseph's. Uh, so congratulations to Dash Reader there. And then Jaden McDowell, the young running back from Gaffney, goes 20 carries, 172 yards and three touchdowns, including a 74-yarder in the biggest game of the season for the Indians, locking up that region championship against Dorman. Again, we had Darren Lloyd, the running back from West Florence, Dash Reader, running back from Christ Church, and Jaden McDowell, running back from Gaffney. Three special performances from, from three special running backs. Uh, you know, like I said, especially with Reader, guys that could have been on here every week, it feels like. Uh, so, Great to get those guys uh, the, the, their uh, exposure they need there. So hats off to, to Lloyd, Reader, and McDowell there. Let's look at our other nominations we got, Jarrell. We've got Woods Wyndham at Christchurch, 10 for 11, 206, two touchdowns, and five carries, 30 yards as well. We've got Cam McMillan at Fairfield Central. Big year for this kid. Eight for nine, 299, three touchdowns there for Cam and that big win for them. Carmelo Montgomery at Cross, nine carries, 115, five touchdowns. Tyler Smith from Barnwell, we mentioned this earlier. 289 rush yards, three touchdowns. Huge second half from Tyler Smith and the Warhorses there. Jaden Robinson at Clinton, 13 rushes, a buck 81, two touchdowns. Jarvis Green, another, another former winner here from Dutch Fork, 191 rush yards drill, five touchdowns, four receptions, 106 yards for another two touchdowns. Huge game from Jarvis. Probably would, probably would have won it again if he hadn't already, already won it once. And then another, uh, another repeat guy here, Markel Townsend. 16 carries, a buck 92, 267 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns. And then DJ Porter for Dorman, 14 carries, 242, and three touchdowns. Big games from all those guys. Appreciate you guys sending us the stats and things like that. We've got a lot of DMs, a lot of emails, and a lot of Facebook messages this week from that. So if you see a big performance next week, feel free to send it to us. It'll be our last regular season player of the week. So definitely send that over to us. And if you guys know who runs your stat list at your school, get us on that list too. You know, we can't have a guy's player of the week if we don't know what the stats are. So Definitely help us out, help us out with that. But uh, Drell, just another great week of great performances across the state. Yeah, and I got to go to Jarvis Green, man. And Dutch Fork, that seven touchdown performance was a school record. And we're talking about a school here. If you turn on college football every Saturday, if you watch that, you're seeing kids from Dutch Fork just kill it in the college ranks, you know, especially recently. So, I mean, that's that's very impressive for Jarvis. Like you said, if he hadn't already won it, he probably wins it again. Uh, but really excited to see these. Would have loved to get some stats 
uh, from Woodland. <clears throat> so we could have gotten Sedarian Harrison some love here, uh, but maybe we'll do that. And I want to go to Tyler Smith because we did get the Barnwell stats. I just wanted to mention he was getting it done on both sides of the ball, kind of used him in special situations. Uh, but I think more than his rush yards, that sack where he corralled Sedarian Harrison in the open field, really kind of turned that game. And, and that was one of the plays of the game. So congratulations to all the nominees, uh, but more importantly, congratulations to these winners. These are some huge performances and just love to see these, this stuff come in Friday nights and Saturdays. No doubt about it. So it's been a lot of fun doing it this year, Drill. You know, we know obviously going into the year, a lot of players, a lot of key players, things like that. But this has really helped us learn more about the state. You know, some of these other guys that we may not have heard of who've had big performers love to see that type of stuff. So we've got, we've got it from all classes, from skis up to 5 A's. It's been really cool to see a lot of great numbers come across our come across our, uh, our our email and Twitter and stuff for sure. But let's give one more quick shout-out to our sponsors here before we wrap up the show for Week 9. Get your head in the game with Founders Federal Credit Union. See how Founders membership could elevate your financial game. Train your financial skills with our wide array of financial tools and services. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com today to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Carolina Orthopedic and Neurosurgical Associates is our Game of the Week sponsor. Kona offers the most advanced training and experience in orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, sports medicine, and pain management in the upstate. Kona offers a synergistic approach for the spine, skeletal system, nervous system, and supporting structures, meaning total quality care for your optimal health. Three convenient locations in Spartanburg, Duncan, and Greenville. Go to Kona.care to learn more about Kona services. That's C-O-N-A dot care. Well, this has been a great show, Jarrell. Uh, you know, lots of great football happened last week. A huge week on the horizon here in week 10 as well. Definitely want you guys to check us out, movingchains.com, moving chains on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, moving the chains on YouTube. Love for you to subscribe to our YouTube page. We're going to try to start doing more stuff there. We're trying to get away from just the traditional Facebook. So I'd love to have you guys hop on our video platform over there on YouTube as well. You know, Jarrell and I do this weekly recap show on Sundays. Comes out Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday morning, something like that. Comes out on podcast apps like Spotify, Google, Apple, et cetera. It's everywhere you get your podcast pretty much. Do a live show on Tuesday to preview the show or preview the games over on Facebook Live. We also do put, we do put it out afterwards on, on the Google platforms and Spotify platforms. But check it out live and come engage with us on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock on Facebook. Drill and I have some great interviews coming out. We had one with Stuart Young a couple weeks ago. We've got Adam Holmes, great collegiate head coach, coming out Monday night. Definitely tune in for that. A couple more line up here as the playoffs start rolling through. Then check out our Friday Night Spaces on Twitter. It's a lot of fun to do that as well, just kind of doing a live scoreboard show with you guys. You know, Obviously, Drell and I talk about the game that we were at. We run through the rest of the scores. But it's, it's great to hear from you guys who are at games across the state. Hop in and give us a breakdown of those. That's been really neat too. So definitely tune into that on our Twitter space there, Drell. Anything else we want to mention here before we wrap up for the week? Yeah, we've got some coaches' interviews coming up, so please catch those as we get done with our uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, as we get ready for the playoff run along with the you, know, you coaches, players, and fans. Uh, so be sure to tune into that. I just want to highlight what we saw on Friday, uh, just some really great performances individually and team performances. So really exciting to see these teams playing well and these players playing well as they entered into the playoffs want to give another thank you shout out to the people at Barnwell. They were gracious hosts and also to the coaching staff and the players at Woodland. Um, it was good to interact with everyone down there. Had a lot of fun. Really excited to see Shrine Bowl selectee Sedarian Harrison. Just an absolute talent. Uh, like, like Kevin mentioned earlier in the show, not just a quarterback. This kid does everything. Uh, maybe just a little, if he had, you know, a little bit taller, I guess that's what the knock is. I don't know what it is. He's just a really great ball player. And also really cool to see North-South selectee Tyler Smith, just a really great performer and a great performance that we got to see on Friday night. Excited to see what's coming on in week 10. Tune in to that Tuesday show uh, with Kevin and John. It's probably going to be two hours long because <laughs> they have to go through so many previews uh, with these region championships on the long on the line, excuse me, in these big-time games. I know we're probably going to do some playoff preview stuff once those brackets are released and everything's buttoned up on Friday. Uh, looking forward to talking about more of that in depth for Week 10 next week as we recap everything. Cannot believe the regular season is almost over, Kevin. Absolutely nuts. Uh, but this has been so much fun through these, I guess, first 10 weeks physically through Week 9. Uh, but just really excited to see what happens this final week of the regular season and getting ready for this postseason. Going to be a great Friday night again. You know, not sure where we're going yet because lots of great options. But if you guys are at a game, definitely say hello to us. Love to chat with you for sure. But for Jarrell Hendricks, I'm Kevin Thomas. This has been our Moving the Chains Week 9 South Carolina football recap show. And we'll catch you guys next week.